The interviews and discussions on this podcast are opinions only and not financial or investment advice. Listeners should obtain independent advice based on their own circumstances before making any financial decisions. Hello and welcome to this Stockhead podcast. I'm your host, Peter Strachan. Today, we're delighted to be updating subscribers on Venture Minerals' journey to become Australia's next iron ore producer from its Riley hematite project in Tasmania. To walk us through Venture's progress at Riley and its many active exploration and development options, we welcome back to Stockhead the company's managing director, Andrew Radonjic. Thanks for coming by today, Andrew. Uh, it's a it's about seven years since we walked over the deposit in Tasmania as we were uh, talked about developing options for the Mount Lindsay Tin and Tunstone project to the northwest. It's taken time, but the company is now about two or three months away from delivering its first cargo. Can you update the subscribers on progress on the ground in Tasmania? Well, look, uh, thank you, Peter. We um I just came from site uh, last week and uh, things are progressing very well. It's, uh, it is a, a gravel washing plant, so it's, it's really straightforward to, to put together. So uh, we started that back on the 15th of March and uh, we anticipate that uh, by about the third week of April we'll have the installation complete and commissioning will be, will be uh, well, full commissioning will be completed uh, shortly thereafter. So that will allow the mining to commence and, uh, and as we put you know, commissioning of dirt to, you know, material to be um, produced for the uh, dry screening trials back in September last last year. And, uh, you know, we should have 10,000 tonnes on the deck uh, probably by early May and start trucking and shipping uh, a few weeks later. Okay, so you'll be building up a bit of a stockpile at the port uh, in late May, you think? Yeah, correct. Uh, it's obviously dependent upon uh, you know, the bottleneck for, for, you know, all these bulk commodities is all about trucking and logistics. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're in the process of seeing what ships and ship size are available. You know, you, you know we know there's a 42,000-tonne vessel that goes to Bell Bay for manganese. Uh, where do we get a, uh, like a backload on that? And, and tapping would be, um, that's available, then it's a question of timing. But uh, we're just talking to, uh, to shipping shipping agents now and uh, determining what sort of fleets are in the area at the time and see if we can grab something that doesn't need to come from uh, you know, in Brazil or any other you know, faraway destinations. Yeah, sounds good. So fortunately, the iron ore price is now about $70 per tonne higher than when the company completed its feasibility work over Riley. How many tonnes do you expect to sell in the coming financial year, say starting you know July of this year? And what sort of margin can be expected at the current iron ore price of over $160 uh, US dollars per tonne? Uh, look, uh, we by July, we'll shoot pretty up pretty much up to doing 90,000 tonnes per uh, per month. So it yeah. uh, comes out by, by 12 and you know, just over a million, million tonnes there. So it's sort of that's the uh, the plan for next financial year. So uh, we'll get probably, you know, shipping out in, in June and, and uh, so we'll um, probably 45,000 tonnes shipping out in sort of late May, early June. Maybe sneak a second one in for the end of financial year, depending on, and how things are going on site will probably ramp up quite quickly. Um, but I reckon we'll be up at that sort of 900,000 to a million tonnes next year. Now, the current margins, 
and obviously one thing that happens and it's not a straight line with these things in yeah sand but you know uh back in the feasibility study the exchange rate was i think in the high 60s um and shipping price was substantially less than now today but you know shipping prices go up the exchange rate down so there's a bit of a, a natural buffer um but you know sort of you know we'd be you know our margins would be you know say around about 60 50 to 60 dollars australian ton okay so you know, at that that could generate you know your operating cash flow of maybe uh 60 million dollars over the over the a million with a million ton salt correct absolutely yeah we that yeah. price is at that level um, then uh, yeah, we have the potential to produce that amount um, in this next uh, financial year. Yeah, and that's basically your current market capitalization. So it's a nice little fill up for the balance sheet to to progress other opportunities. Absolutely. Look, we've got uh, you know several other opportunities, which are you know such as such as Mount Lindsay and the West Australian exploration assets, and you know that uh, that money will have uh, plenty of options in terms of where it wants to be spent. And, Mount Lindsay has always been the, the company's flagship asset, you know, having spent uh, $35 million in that in the past and having done a, a feasibility study back in 2012, so yeah. uh, where most of the funding will, will go. So let's uh, let's talk tin because the price of tin has also almost recently doubled. I mean, it, it hit um, briefly $30,000 US a tonne, uh, now stands at the current exchange rate of about 35,000 Australian dollars per tonne. Um, you must be looking pretty closely at Mount Lindsay. What's the company doing to progress this project and what sort of scale is envisaged? I mean, also the, the tungsten price, which is a co-product with tin, is, has been quite firm, I think. Yes, no, that's that's sitting around that sort of uh, $27,000 mark. Uh, it's US, uh, so yeah. it's tin price. Yeah, look, it's, um, you know, since we, uh, since you came on site there, Peter, we've, you know, we're looking at a much larger plant, you know, 1.75 million tonnes per annum. We were going to get, in addition to the tin and tungsten co-products, a byproduct of magnetite concentrate. Yeah. 65% iron, even a little bit of copper con. But, um, you know, some of the big issues that came out of that study that uh, was, you know, was the capital, it was $200 million to build that plant. Um, so it's a big plant, but it's doing a lot of things. Um, but, um, you know, that plus permitting was the two biggest challenges. And back in 2018, when, when Tim sort of read its you know, head up a little bit and got into the low 22,000 US per tonne, we started looking at Mount Lindsay and we thought to alleviate those two key issues, uh, we'd, we'd look at going underground. So instead of being a predominantly open pit with a small underground at the bottom of it, we would look at converting that to being essentially uh, almost total underground operation. Um, so our 40 million tonne reserve would, would sort of uh, would, would drop significantly to probably around that three to four million tonnes. Um, so because we're we're mining at top of a hill, Mount Lindsay, now we're putting uh, you know declines into the side of the of the of the hill and, and extracting the, the higher grade portions of the scarn from the two deposits. And because the scarn it's zoned, it's not a narrow vein. Uh, situation like it might be at Madison. It's uh, it's you know you have zones. You actually have a, you actually have a low grade halo, and uh, and higher grade zones are the best metallurgy, and they have the most intense drilling. So there's a lot of drilling is like 20 by 15 meter spacing. So uh, you know it's probably over 80 percent 
uh, measured and indicated. So it's you know it's best met metallurgy, the best, lowest, best, most understood, uh, you know, so the highest highest grade and the, and the best probability of repeating those grades. So it's it's a great place if you're going to start a, start a mine, you know, to focus on that and maybe we, we look at the low grade halo later. But so our our, our study which we, we started back you know a couple of years ago now and didn't quite finish it with um the advent of the iron ore price um becoming of interest back in 2019 we didn't quite finish the study but we're doing half a million ton per annum plant and trying to get that capex down to 50 so yeah you know, close to achieving that um so now we obviously want to pick up the baton as the money comes in from from riley and, and have a look at um you know finishing that study off and 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 their side even start looking at some exploration of some higher grade uh Tin targets such as such as a long strike for medicine, which we have on our uh, on the western side of our Mount Lindsay leases. Yes, and of course, tin's become the the new green metal, hasn't it? It's so much involved with electronics and re, uh, renewable energy production and so forth. Oh, exactly. You know, look, uh, it's in the anodes of, of batteries. That's lead acid as well as lithium ion. It's in solder, and solder's the glue that. Suppose all to get all the electronics are just part of the fourth industrial revolution. So it's a you know big step. Tin has a big part to play, albeit small. You know, it's it's only, you know percentage of you know in your phones and your iPads and your laptops and any sort of circuitry is small, but there's a lot of it. And you know everyone's got several devices, and especially during this uh, you know, lockdowns we've had with COVID, yeah, throughout throughout the world, there's been a huge demand and. And EV uh, manufacturers uh, have been struggling to get uh, semiconductors with a lack of tin. So that's why the price shot up yeah. February. And, and uh, so there's a big squeeze uh, in terms of demand coming up, and uh, and the work and you know the tin market's not not big. And there is also uh, a squeeze on the supply side with the uh, London Metal Exchange wanting only responsibly sourced products in 2022. I would have thought you'd have a, a lot of people knocking on the door and wanting to get involved in that project, so maybe you could bring in a, a partner who could, who could fund you partially. Well, that, that's certainly an option. We were still 100% owned, Peter, so yeah. look, I think it's, uh, you know, it, could be, it could be a serious time for tin um, being involved for the last three decades, really. Andrew, can we uh, jump over to the West? I particularly like the company's Golden Grove North project where VMS mineralisation has been identified and you're just 10 kilometres north of the world-class Scuttles Golden Grove polymetallic mining operation. Uh, when do we expect results from the follow-up drilling work that uh, you've done at Vulcan and Orcus Prospects and elsewhere on those uh, tenements? Well, we're currently drilling the follow-up program to, to that maiden program where we got up to 7% zinc and 1.3 copper and 2.1 gold. Um, so we're we're targeting some of the uh, strong EM conductors we, we did in land-based uh, EM surveys. So we're, we've been there probably a month or so now, and we're on single shift only, unfortunately. So uh, we had a little bit of rain, got a few rain delays, but uh, it's um, it's steadily moving on. So I expect some some results to come out of that, uh, start to come out of that next next month or two. Um, it's it has been. Unfortunately, we've only got uh, single ships, so it is a little bit slow. And the holes have been deep because they're diamond holes. And, and yeah. uh, you know, you start getting big sticks of core with massive, massive uh, sphalerite or chocolate pie, we'll, we'll yeah. sort of get ahead of any um, results. 
And the, ge- the geophysics is really a excellent uh, targeting tool. So now that you've got that under your belt, you should be uh, getting closer to hitting some of the nicer grades. Look, absolutely. Look, it's it's not a it's a great tool. It's, it, it depends, obviously, what um, the uh, EM targets uh, represent. Uh, could it be pyrotite? Could it be chapopyrite? Um, and uh, and of course, phthalate zinc sulfide is does not give me a response. But uh, yeah. Now, certainly it's a great guide, and, and another great guide is obviously where you've already hit uh, metal in the past. So, um, you know, we'll do a couple of holes, yeah. you, know, you know, a lot very close to those initial intersections, and, uh, and that might lead us into the path. But, uh, look, uh, I think we've got all the all we can do. In, in uh, now, Now's the time in terms of geological tools. Now's the time to test those targets, and, yeah. and, uh, and we'll, we'll continue to test that over the, the coming months. So as if the company, uh, these projects uh, were not enough to keep you busy, Andrew, uh, the company's also looking for gold at Coolin in the eastern wheat belt, about 200 kilometres due east of the Boddington gold mine. Assay results must be in the pipeline from recent work there, but there is also potential for nickel, copper, PGE on, on the permit as well. That's correct. Uh, your results are uh, in its, uh, it's, it's been a bit of a long time coming, but uh, the labs are pretty pretty full at the moment with all the exploration activity. But um, yeah, look, we're, 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 the gold has been a, like a bit of a distraction, uh, which is interesting. We're potential in terms of nickel PGE. So um, if, you, if you step back and look at you know, other groups that are in our area, like Salton, for example, there's, uh, there's an Anglo-American pig all around us. There's People following that trend from um, to the northwest of Julemar, that sort of metamorphic belt that's been interpreted and that goes straight through our cooling project. So, yeah, look, we're pretty excited. We've got some, you know, very interesting mag features. Uh, you know, I, it's been interpreted to be some sort of layered mafic, ultramafic intrusion, but obviously putting some holes into it will start giving us a better idea what that may truly represent. But this certainly looks as though there's... You know, from the uh, surface sampling, uh, even work done by um, you know, the CRC LME, the Lashlight program, there's clearly some high chromium rich rocks, uh, which are all go well for, um, for nickel and copper and PGE. So there's a lot of similarities in terms of dual Amara in that perspective. It's, um, it's not a similar mag feature, but I, I think people are expecting that uh, that sort of metamorphic belt. Uh, yeah. So, Andrew, um, these uh, the drilling that you've done on the coolant for gold, uh, are those assays like a week away or do you think they might be two or three weeks away because of the, the log jam at the assay laboratories? Oh, look, with, with Easter upon us, uh, yeah. it may be a little bit longer than, than a week. Uh, but it should be very, very close. So you've also a- attracted Chalice, which is the sort of king of the Julemar PGE uh, areas, and they've come down to uh, jump in on a Southworth project that you have south of Bridgetown going towards Majimup with a, a very interesting-looking Julemar lookalike sort of uh, geophysical target there. Can you tell us what's happening down there? Yeah, it's, um, you know, we've got the guys at Chalice have been... Uh, Using a, a EM crew, land-based EM crew up at uh, their hard top anomaly at uh, at Julemar. So um, the the expectation is that that crew will, uh, will be finished uh, in the next couple of weeks, and we'll we'll, we'll march down to um, uh, tour prospect on the Southwest project, which is, which is the the Julemar lookalike uh, mag feature, and um, 
yeah, verify some of the work we've done previously. Um, you know, on look at our latest presentation, you'll see that um, you know we have got EM anomalies already at the bottom six and a half kilometres. It's got a lot of similarities in terms of the EM extents, the anomalies and nomadic beaches that Julemar has. Um, and with the two, two point four metres of massive sulphide, we some anomalous uh, copper and nickel and, and uh, elevated palladium. Uh, so, yeah, look, I think we've done a great groundwork, you know, so far. So it allows allows um, chalice to come on the ground and, and push things aggressively. So that northern part of the tenure, we couldn't do it airborne again because of infrastructure, like power line and telephone transmitters and et cetera. So the land-based EM is the so they expect a fairly large campaign there, um, you know, starting uh, probably in the second half of April, and and uh, hopefully we'll get some uh, some real targets will come out of that, um, you know, towards the middle of the year. You couldn't really have a better partner there because Chalice, I mean, they've sort of gone through the learning process. If you were doing this on your own, you would be starting from ground zero and Chalice has a running leap at it because they know what they're looking at, having made these discoveries uh, just north of Perth here at the Julemar area. So that's going to be quite uh, exciting. But I guess, Andrew, over the next uh, couple of months through April and May, you're going to be really focused on making sure there's no slip-ups in Tasmania and you get that all uh, finished and the cash flow starting to roll from that. And then you can take a deep breath and spend a bit more time looking at Golden Grove and Coolin and uh, the other projects on your on your to-do list. Oh, exactly. The, the, the idea would be obviously where uh, you know, track record suggests we're in our exploration part and but we probably, probably need to keep our powder dry. Um, you know, but uh, there will be a bit of, I expect to be a bit of a hiatus um, unless we get some absolute sensational results, I mean, which is a good problem to have. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got, you know, drilling at Mount Lindsay, um, that there's a lookalike target as well. So we've got treasure trove of, of targets to drill and, and uh, but, yeah, the focus is very much for the mining team, which we're, which we're building and is, is coming together and um, is to get that uh, first shipment out and will probably make a nice healthy profit margin to uh, to reinvest in other opportunities in the country. Yeah, it's good because uh, Riley will be your treasury for the next uh, year and a half, and that's going to fund uh, all the other work that you need to do. So you, it'd be nice to get that all happening. So by by September, October, November, you'll have, you know, more money coming in the door than you'll you can actually spend, which is a good thing to do. Oh, absolutely! It's, it's a dream, a dream for the venture, and and uh, so it's a, it's a great it's a great opportunity, and uh, you look. Know, or to a very exciting but very, very busy you know, couple of months ahead. So, Andrew, thanks for coming in today. And I think uh, it's going to be great to come back to you in June when by then you should have had your first, you know, 20 or 30,000 tonnes of iron ore off the port. And uh, you'll be able to take a deep breath and have a look around at where you go next with uh, Mount Lindsay and the other projects. So, uh, we'll be watching very closely. And uh, it's an exciting time for you and your shareholders uh, with so many projects in the wings. Yes, and thank you very much, Peter. I look forward to chatting with you uh, in, in June.